I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's football legend Jamie Redknapp for Skechers ArchFit Footwear. Okay, I know what you're thinking. ArchFit Footwear? Nah, I don't need arch support. Well, I thought the same, and these are still my favorite trainers. You see, Skechers ArchFit are great for virtually everybody. ArchFit was designed by experts giving you podiatrist-certified arch support and all-day comfort. Plus, I don't wear them just for arch support. I love how they look too. Feel what you've been missing with Skechers ArchFit. Find Skechers ArchFit Footwear for men and women everywhere. This episode of the Long Run Podcast is sponsored by Skechers. Hello, everybody. It's seven o'clock ish <laughs> on Friday, and it, welcome to the Long Run live stream and podcast brought to you by the Forty Runs Running Community and our generous sponsors at Skip. Tonight, we're talking about marathon pacing and general mental approaches to marathons because London is just nine days away. So you've come to the right place if you want to chat about. If you want to chat about um, mental preparation for the big day. Um, Chris is here. Toby's here. Joining us as well, we have Petra Warner, 40 stalwart, and somebody who's done their fair share of pacing shifts and virtually everything else that you could possibly do regarding <laughs> running. She's done it, so she's great as well. And last but not least, it is a massive big welcome back to Alan. Hi, After his break, good to see you, mate. Good to be back. Lovely. Well, I'm a little bit nervous. nervous. I've forgotten all the questions. We're friends. And I don't know where I wrote them. I've written them down somewhere and they're gone. So oh. I'm going to have to go back well, and watch a previous episode and see if I can uh, work it all out for future reference. That's a good point. Okay, mate. We'll bank on that because, you know, that is a vital component of any long-run podcast live stream to remember. Um, so it's great to have you back, mate. And we've got – but before we plough on to our main subject for the evening, been a quiet couple of weeks, hasn't it, Chris? Yeah, it's been um... – it's been, it's been interesting. Um, I blame solely 100% my deferring from London and not feeling very well for the last eight days, purely on Toby. It's his fault. He got COVID, gave it to me, and it's 100% his fault. It can't be anybody else's, right? It's 100% Toby's. If you if you don't agree, send an email into who gave me COVID at gmail.com. Um but Toby gave me it and because of Toby I'm now not doing London. How do you feel about that, Toby? You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing your favour, because Russell was only gonna kill you. Yeah, Russell to be fair, right, Russell was gonna kill me. I was gonna say so if you don't know what we're talking about, right. So Russell, who's now living in Wales, Wales Russell, um uh, big shout out, Russ. I was going to be running London with Russ. 
And then Russ, I think actually what's, what gave me COVID was the fear. Because Russell did a 20-mile run the other day, all under goal pace. Like, literally, just shredded it. And th- I didn't know this, but my friends, friends, sent me it and said, here, Fordy, look what's going to happen to you on the day. So um, I then pooed myself and started panicking. So lucky for me, I got COVID. No. <laughs> so let's, but, yeah, I was so let's just go over the sort of what's happened over the last mm. week and a bit. Now, mm. myself, you, Toby, and um, various others, we went to Newcastle, did great North Run, and came back with more than just a T-shirt and a medal. Yes. There was a bit of an outbreak. I'm pointing this out, sign it, my T-shirt. Oh, yeah. So, Toby, right. Sorry, Wilco. Just, again, another important fact to tell the viewers because you've got to look yeah, out we'll Instagram for that. when this comes out. So, Toby believes he's a medium T-shirt. There's absolutely no way he's a medium T-shirt, right? He's he got one. No, true. you're not. He got I one, am. right? We're sitting in Nando's and Simon's in this, like, skin-tight T-shirt. And I looked at him and said, Bruv, if that's a large, there's no way Tobe's getting in the medium. He went, oh, sorry. He looked, and it was the medium. So, it, I mean, it was literally, like, painted on him. There's no – and Tobe is not, like, bigger as in, you know, but he's a he's a bigger frame than sight. There's absolutely no way. So, again, viewers, please email in and try and convince Tobe because he keeps getting medium T-shirts, and they don't fit him. Oh, where you them? They don't. Oh, like you're anyway, the you're missing a very important point. What happened in Nando's towards the end? I can't remember. But the point is, on Instagram, on Instagram, we're going to put a picture up of Toby in his Great North Run top medium. And you will see exactly what I mean. We're going to do it this weekend because they're coming and we're running. So we're going to see this medium T-shirt on Toby because it does not fit you, Toby. Hmm. It does. And see, he's still so, coming. Sorry, carry on, Wilco. So you've... Um, you know, we we've all the three of us have had um, COVID for the well, I've had it for the first time, so we've had it for uh, the last few days. Um, and Chris, in all seriousness, you've had to come to um, quite a big decision about what you're doing in the um, in the next few weeks. Yeah, on a serious note, for like three seconds, and then we'll get into the rest of the show. Um, I'm I'm still not 100. percent I reckon I'm about 75. percent um, Still quite chesty. Uh, we know COVID is. Uh, respiratory attacks the respiratory system um i've got amsterdam uh lined up and i took a decision firstly I, there was no way i was i was going to be able to do it but it was I, yeah i suppose i could have walked around but what for me you know that's I, i'm lucky enough to have done london a few times i don't need to go around there. this will be my last london marathon unless for some miracle i get in the ballot which ain't going to happen right so i wanted to go out on a high and, and do it and do it service and, and do it a good service right so I looked at it and I thought, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, let's try and do Amsterdam. Let's try and um, concentrate on that, but take obviously also away from that run, the pressure of running a time. So um, I've taken that away from me and I'm already focused on next year's A race and I'm focusing on that. So for me now, it's just it's just to get some miles through the legs, see how I feel. Uh, I've got Royal Parks before Amsterdam, but just concentrate on getting around Amsterdam in one piece and seeing how I am. I'm I'm touching wood. I feel a lot better. I've done two runs um since testing negative. I've uh, I've not done anything mental. Did six miles yesterday just at a nice easy pace. Um actually it was a bit harder than it should have been because I was with um, Simon. But and I felt okay. So touch wood. So I'm gonna do tomorrow I've got I've got a plan for tomorrow. I've got three runs I can do. I can either go I can run to part run and stop if I feel knackered which is about nine miles I can then carry on and do part run if I feel all right and if I feel all right after I can run back but at any point I can stop so mm-hmm. I'm just trying to see how I feel I know and thanks to everybody who's messaged me and said get well hope you feel better blah 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 on that video I put out today um, I appreciate that really nice all the comments I've got on now but I'm just going to take it slowly I think everybody's different with COVID I mean Al you can talk about it in a minute because you came back from COVID and did Copenhagen. I think it, it just depends how you are and how you how it how it attacks you. So I'm I'm just going to see how it goes over the next week or so uh, mm. in terms of my how I go and what I do. So I think that's that's where I'm at. Because you did Copenhagen, right? 
after COVID? Yeah, so back in May, um, Copenhagen was on the 15th of May. Um, I thought I was doing a good thing going off to Spain, having a little uh, uh, um, warm weather training. And I came back on the plane full of a cold. Uh, it wasn't a cold. It was COVID. And, and it shakes you because, you you know, you, you hear all the horror stories about how it can be debilitating. I think I was lucky in the sense of I had a heavy cold for best part of a week. But um, I think I still suffer for a little bit. So some of those hard runs are harder than they are even now. But, yeah, it was probably naivety and stupidity. We're going, well, I'm signed up. I'm going to do it. Uh, um, mm. I didn't quite get the time I wanted for. But when you think about what could have happened, as I said, I was lucky enough that I managed to get out there and do it um, because I wasn't I wasn't bedridden you know i wasn't suffering other than just feeling a bit shit pardon my language um because of a, a heavy cold so it can be done but it's probably not advisable and i don't know if i have done any long-term damage only so how how, how how long was it between um your negative test and doing copenhagen how how long did you have sort of like from when you'd actually recovered so officially? Tested, tested negative i think on the friday and went out the following thursday so it was less than a week so, uh, wow. um, but as I said, I wasn't laid up, didn't have to take any time off work. It yeah. was just, you know, dose up as if you had a heavy cold, a cold. um, mm. managed, managed to out running pretty much straight away. It felt mm. hard. Um, but for me, I think the adrenaline of doing the marathon and having that foreign trip probably kicked in till about mile 22. Then the legs went, <laughs> no mm. lie. I absolutely went at mile 22. But, uh, as you said, Chris, it's everyone's got to take it mm. based on on knowing themselves and, and knowing where they're at. I've got a little bit further in the book that because um, my marathon's in Dublin at the end of the month, so I think I've got about four or five weeks to go. Yeah, so plenty of time. Yeah, but so what I'm contemplating is to um, sort of like do what I can really for about the next sort of seven or eight days. Perhaps not go out consecutive days and things like that. I've had a couple. Of, I tested negative on. Uh, on Wednesday, I've been out for, I've done a three mile run and a five mile run today. Um, don't feel too bad. And um, I'm just going to do what I can, I think, for the next sort of seven or eight days and then have a reevaluation of where I'm at and how I can get sufficient mileage in my legs that I'll be confident that I can complete and I can do all right. So, yeah. Tobe, um, since you've had COVID, um, what's, what have you done apart from eat? Uh, so I definitely didn't get the COVID thing of not being very hungry. No, me neither. <laughs> um, so I did a bit of eating, unusually. Um, I haven't done much really. I've just been I've been quite busy at work and stuff as well. So it's quite an active job, you know. Remember? Not an active job. Yeah. You sit down all day. No, I don't. <laughs> a bit of eating, a bit of walking. Tired, bit Anyway, so obviously that's your. I've only been out we are, uh, Tuesday night. I came up, did a few a few laps, took it easy, did a couple of hard little bits, um, but definitely couldn't have kept that going for too long. So yeah, but we'll see. We'll, we'll find out tomorrow, really, where I'm at. Oh yeah, that's true. What about you, Paige? Have you have you have you skipped this? Have you managed to swerve it? Yeah, I've not had it. I'll tell you one touch wood. Everyone, if you're listening <laughs> to this on the podcast, stop. Touch some wood for Petra. Everyone's touching wood. So, yeah, no, I've been fortunate so far. Thankfully. Fingers crossed, Petra. Don't go to the Great North Run ever. <laughs> Especially if you go with Toby, who's the super spreader. Although, well, to be fair, we did do Great North Run, come back with COVID, and then decided to sign up for a membership. Yeah, there is that. Okay. <laughs> we, we, what, what, we've, what we've established <laughs> is that yeah, we're stupid. Good. Yeah, that we're stupid, basically. Oh, talking of signing up for stuff. Let us know. Email, what's the email, Wilco? Oh, we've got to do some Long Run Show at gmail.com. Right, before we go, because right, so if and then I'll come on to the shouts. Let us know, email in what you've been signing up for. Because everybody, I don't know about you, but loads of people have been signing up for stuff. Because all the stuff like for next year, we've got the ballots coming, we've got London opening up, Berlin. Big shout out to everybody doing Berlin. Our own co host Hayden's out there at the moment, rocking it out oh, yeah. uh, with his missus. So everybody's doing Berlin. Uh, good luck. And I say, anybody who's let us know, come in and tell us what you've been signing up for. Because Tobe signed up for. Berlin, Manchester, and that ultra he's doing next year. What ultra is that, Tobe? You're doing that? I don't one? remember sign up, but there is a really important ballot opening up in the next few weeks. What's that? Uh, Ride London. 
Yeah, no interest. So I've got to set the reminder down for you. So we um, can You can enter me. I ain't doing no training. I'm That's doing fine. zero training. You can That's jog good. on. Anybody it's like running a marathon, really, isn't it? What? It's like running a marathon. Yeah. Do a long taper. You'll be fine. Be all right. Anyway, so, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, it's hard enough training for one event, isn't it? But rather than training to ride a bike for a long bike ride, I have trained to ride a bike. I don't ride bikes. I'm, I'm not riding. I'm not training, doing any training. If I've got to do 100 miles, I'm just going to get, I'm going to get a Boris bike and I'm going to do it. They can jog on. I ain't doing any training for it. I'll take 10 hours or whatever it takes. I ain't, I'm doing no training. I refuse to get on a bike. Anyway, we've got to do the shout outs, boys and girls. Firstly, oh, big shout out, admin. It was her birthday. The other oh, day. Yeah, bless her. Big shout out, admin. She's larger in Abu Dhabi at the moment. She won't be listening to this. She'll be upside down with a bottle of, you know, Pinot Grigio. Woo! Um, and then, uh, second shout out, if you want uh, National Running Show tickets, stick the code in 40 Run. Bosh, get some of that. We're going to be there live, adding as much value as we can to you, the wonderful audience. All 25,000 of you coming to see us. We're going to be there. Set, what was the other thing? Oh, Start Fitness. 10% off that. They're not sponsoring this. This is just a gift to you because we keep on giving back to our listeners. Uh, what was the other one, Wilco? Sketches. Obviously, you gave a shout out at the front end. We love sketches. People get on board of the sketches revolution that we're doing in this country, right? Um, what was the other thing, Wilco? Did we, any more plugs we've got to do? I, well, not particularly a plug. I just want, while we're giving shout outs, I wanted to um, just read an email that we received last week. Mm. Um, before um, we did the pre-record show because you were going to go up Ben Nevis and then you never went because you've got the run. Yeah, don't talk to me about it. I've got the up about it. Anyway, it will still be there, mate. Don't worry. You can yeah, but uh, we've got an amazing list of challenges that we can talk about. In an- anyway, on, this is, um, we got an email from Rosie Nash. Hi, Long Run Show. I have just started listening to your show after my mum Maggie recommended it to me. She wouldn't stop going on about it. Cheers, Maggie. We love you. Love you, Maggie. She is 69 years ago. Legend. And she only started running during lockdown. She ran our first marathon in London last year and will be doing her second in London in a couple of weeks with me. I am so massively proud of her and what she has achieved. And it would be fantastic if you could wish her huge luck with the marathon on your show. Thank you and keep up the good work. We love it. Good luck and well done. So that is Rosie and Maggie Nash. Thank you very much. One inspiration, 69 years young. And she's out there doing it, smashing twenty six point two miles around the city of London. That's it. When I'm sixty nine, well, I don't think I'm. I think Mrs. Ford would have put me in that big hole she's dug in the garden by then. I'll be honest with you. I think I'm getting. Yeah, it's a fine line. It is a fine line. Uh, right. Anyway, so what are we talking about today? Oh, Al, have we got anything early doors coming in before we get on to what we're meant to be talking about? Which I don't. Um, really. Yeah, we've we've had a, a few people committing to races. So a couple of shout outs from Manchester, including Andrew Valente. Mark Lanthorn's not been put off. He's signed up for the GNR, um, despite all the COVIDness. And Vince is heading off to Paris. That's one on my bucket list to do as well. When is that out? When I is think Paris? Paris is spring. It's normally just before, I think, London Marathon when it's in the spring. But don't cry me on that. But he, marks, I think. I've been away for two months. I don't know what's going on. Hasn't he got a really pony medal, though? It's minimalist, if you like minimalist. <laughs> minimalist means pony. <laughs> no, it's not wooden. Um, it's gone up oh. kind of a few leagues because it's not. Yeah, wooden. the grade, your grades for poniness and medals, you know, they've, you know, it's, it's a different ballpark now that they've started making them out of trees. Yeah, that is true. There is. Well, there's a lot of talk, isn't there, about uh, people fretting about the fact that the London Marathon medal is going to be wooden. I can't see that. I can't. I, I can't. I tell you what, if, let us know. Email in at uh, London Marathon Events at gmail.com. If you get a. A wooden London Marathon medal, are you going to use it on bonfire night? Let us know. Send an email. In. I would. My view on this, having never done the London Marathon and yet to have the opportunity to do it, if they made me a London Marathon out of milk bottle tops, I wouldn't care. Really? Because I'd have done it. And yeah, I wouldn't no, be fair play. No, fair play. So you, you're quite happy with a wooden medal is what you're saying? Yeah, I don't mind. Interesting thought. And like you so, say, you know, energy prices going up, you know, could come in handy. Oh, could come. Oh, I like you see. Actually, yeah. What we could do is we could do races to get wooden medals because then we could put them on the fire, save heating. Mm. We're adding value wherever we go. This is what maybe that this is why we're so popular in Mongolia because maybe they do all those events, get them wooden medals, and they put them on a campfire when they're cooking the goat's milk. Do you see what I mean? 
So you don't need money supermarket, man, do you, for your... Uh, I'm not that geezer. What's that geezer pitch going on the TV and tells you about your, your energy bills? Martin Lewis. I'm that, like that's Martin him. Lewis. That's him. I'm like Martin Lewis in the Tottenham shirt. I wore this for our tonight. Our. Yeah. Just wore this for you tonight. Just to remind you about the league table while we're on the... Yeah, the I think we're break. top, actually, aren't we? Oh, he's tempting oh, fate, mate. Anyway, right, let's come on. Let's talk about some running. That's what we've got Petrie on for. Any other questions? Have we had any other questions or anything? No, let's get on to the topic. Uh, everyone's itching to hear about race pacing and marathons, I think. Yeah. Yes. Now, Chris, you came up with this suggestion for doing this topic, didn't you? And one of these, I've had this brilliant idea for a topic. So I'd well, allow you to introduce it. Yeah. So what it is, it came out of the, um, I've had a couple of people, well, more than a couple of people, fretting and worrying about race pace, marathon pace on the day. How fast should I be running? Yeah, I've been training at X. What should I be running on the day? Is this too fast? Is this too slow? Everybody's getting it. It's probably maranoia. Okay, so put that one second. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go on our, the 40 Runs YouTube channel and look up the seven signs of maranoia. I guarantee you've got it. All right, it's a great video. Um, but people are worrying about their paces for the day. So we thought, based on that, Let's discuss it and dive in there today and talk about. So let's say, as an example, now the great thing about podcasts is evergreen content. So you could be listening to this because you're doing the Paris Marathon, right? So it doesn't. This is all relevant. What should your race pace be relative to what your easy runs is? Is the first question I get asked. So, so um, chat the other day. I've been running. I should have had it written down somewhere, but he was like, "I'll be running at about six six twenty per kilometer. What should my race pace be? For example, my speed is, you know, my sort of lactate threshold is like five minute kilometers, just under that. Where should I be? So we had a discussion, and we we settled on about five thirty five to five forty per kilometer. So that's that, just under that two hour mark, just to see, um, based on there's some other factors in in there. But it was trying to work out what that race pace should be. I wouldn't necessarily say, now Al might disagree, because, uh, but there, there, is, there isn't, I would say, a real rule of thumb. I know, Al, there is people that say, you know, this, and you come on to that and, and give that information. But for me, I think there's a lot more involved in it and it should be calculated amongst uh, a, a number of factors. So, yes, your easy pace, but... How hard was that? So it's a bit of perceived effort. You could chuck in a bit of heart rate in there. So what were your zonage when you was running those paces? Because you could say, oh, yeah, I was running easy. But then you dive into that information and actually you was in zone three or four. So it should be calculated over a, a multitude of factors is, is, is my thought process. But if I, was, if I was cutting it really down, I would go between your sort of lactate threshold pace-ish, your... Uh, long run pace and I would kind of sit somewhere in the middle more towards that longer run pace as as a straight out point to start from is where I would go for that marathon pace now Al you I'm guessing because I think you do you said this before there are some rules that people use right so there's, there's a number of things if, if if you are absolutely driven by the data you can go onto the, the internet and the web and stuff and there'll be little apps and you put in your 5K race time or your half marathon time, and they'll give you all the different kind of from easy all the way up to tempo and, and everything in between. And I think you're right, Chris, that on any given day, there's a lot of factors that can influence that, like weather condition, you know, sleep, heart rate variability. So I'd only ever treat it as a range. So that's what I do now is kind of if I've been set the task of, of going tempo, I will give myself a little leeway in terms of, you know, making sure there's a bandwidth so that depending on how I'm feeling and, and where I'm at physically, mentally or, or whatever, um, I'm not creating anxiety because I'm a couple of seconds out. Um, for me, having done, you know, pretty much now done the marathon training into taper, um, target pace, and I'm talking in minute per miles, unfortunately, 909 is that magical sub four. My easy yeah, pace has been um, 10, 20, 10, 30, and even slower at times. And, and the slower ones, I've not bothered about because 
that's probably been on a on a heavy weekend where you've done eight miles on Friday, ten on Saturday, sixteen on Sunday. Of course, I'm not going to be running at nine oh nine for those sixteen, but I do know that that run is for a different purpose. It's not you know those long easy runs are not there to try and simulate race pace. That's not what their purpose is for. So it's about understanding what the purpose of any given run is as well. I think it's, I think it's a, you can overcomplicate definitely. What else touched upon here, and I think this is probably the way. I don't know if Petra feels like this as well. That um, you work backwards in that you see what your target time is, and then you see what um, how that breaks down into minutes per mile or minutes per kilometer, and then you then say, right, that is the that's the marathon pace that I want to run at, and then consequently you adjust your long runs and your tempo. You do all the other maths around the other around that even though you're doing 60 or 70 percent 80 percent of your runs at your long run so say you're doing four say you're going for four hours and you're doing 909 to use Al's example you'll be doing 80 percent of your runs between 1030 1050 or something like that in your long runs but then that the main figure is the one so you you know what your marathon pace is before you start because no, no, you, say, you, if you, you've got a time in mind yeah, I think Petra, what's your take on this? Because obviously, just a bit background. Petra's done some pace work, pacing work as well, right? So she's like a machine when it comes to nailing it. Yeah, yes, you are. Go on. <laughs> I very much run to feel those because I think, for me personally, if I start thinking I've got to run at a certain time, you know, this, you know, ten minute miles, that pressure can just be too much for me when I'm training. So I tend to run to feel and just. You know, I know what my easy pace is. I know how I should feel when I'm doing it and how it should feel. And um, and I just do it that way, really, for me, personally. Yeah. And, and and that is the thing. That's why I made the point of there's a multitude of different aspects because everyone is different. So, like, as you said, Petra, if you was coming to me and I'd say, right, what is it? And you're going, well, I'm running to feel. We can look at the data to a degree, but ultimately it's driven by how you're feeling. So that's why I say you can use the different things. That's why there's no, like I said, you can punch it all into the internet. You can look at your Garmin, which, by the way, says I'm as quick as Kipchoge. And, you, you know, it's, some of it is, is actually unrealistic. I think what's important here, though, to talk about maybe, and there's probably no right or wrong answer, but is those people who aren't necessarily going for a time, how, what pace do they run at? Yeah, because that's the thing. It's their first, let's say it's their first London Marathon on. When's London Marathon? I've still got a bit of uh, COVID. It's a week brain. on Sunday. I've still got COVID brain, right? Yes, to make you laugh. Totally irrelevant. Yesterday, I called Pete Keith all day. How weird's that? Even my missus went, why? Is, who's Keith? I went, it's Keith. You went Pete. I went, yeah. And I was still calling him Keith at the end of the day. Anyway, irrelevant. So, but let's say you're doing London on Sunday, but you've got no aspirations of running sub five, sub four, or, you know, sub two, like Petra would. So what is what is your race pace for that day? Where do you set yourself out? Now, firstly, I think you do what Petra says and you run to fill. And then you kind of track that in the first three or four miles and see how you're getting on on your watch. So this feels okay. This effort out of 10 is about a six or a seven. I'm all right here. Reference that and go try and hold that for the rest of the race. Um, and, and look at it from that point of view. You can, if you, if you don't necessarily look at effort, you can then go, right, well, my long run data tells me that I was running most of that stuff that I wouldn't necessarily look at the 20 miler because I think that's a slight outliner because that's bleeding art to go and do that. And chances are you would have, you would have been a little bit slower on that, but let's say what's your average pace over those, you know, four or five longer runs you did. What was your pace there? Look at that pace, take a little bit off of it and go with that as, as your overall marathon pace for the day. So there's, there's a couple of things if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I ain't got a clue what I'm meant to do on Sunday apart from walk around a bit and cry at the end. That's that's something to think about in terms of pacing because it can blow your mind out. Honestly, I've had so many messages on Instagram. Thanks to everybody who does 
follow me on Instagram, message me and stuff, or, or, or you know, emails coming in and that lot. It, it, it is, you know, it can throw you out because you've got no idea what you're meant to do because you're always fearful because you hear people like me saying, don't go off too fast. When you're thinking, well, what's too fast? Go back to Petra's point, run to field. We all know what's quick. We all know what what's starting to, you know, you're starting to get a little bit out of breath. You know, you couldn't necessarily, you know, run along a chat to me and things like that. You you want to you want to be able to be in control of of that pace and, and at the front end. So if you don't know how to run to feel, which not everyone does, because that comes tends to come with experience, then I would say look at the last yeah five or six long runs, have a look at that pace, take a little bit off of it, and, and start off there and see how you feel. I mean, Al, would you agree? In terms of running to feel, yeah, just a, just a little trick. Um... I've picked up along the ways. It's virtually impossible for me to go out and run naked, I without my watch, because it's that comfort zone. But actually, I take my band down and I wrap it around my wrist so I can't actually see my watch. So I can hear it ping. So I know when I've done a kilometre, I know when I've done a mile. And that's where you can start to, to dial into your body in terms of how do I feel. So you have the data, so you can go back and check how did I feel versus what the data said in terms of speed, pace, or whatever. And then that allows you to kind of calibrate what that feel feels like, if that makes sense, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. it does. It is, oh. it's, a, it's, it's a funny, it's a hard thing running to feel, if you don't know. Like Petra, you, you you know, you've been on the rodeo a few times. So it's, you know when your, you know, your perceived effort is like hard, don't you? But at the same yeah. time, you know, you know when you're in that zone where you're kind of, you're not so easy, but you are pushing a little bit. Didn't you? you you get to know, didn't you? You do get to know. And then I think I've personally got a book where I write down every, after every um, run. I've- this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Done. And I guess that when you start to look at that over time, it just becomes consistent because you you kind of just go with it, don't you? You know those longer runs are that pace and it, it does become quite consistent, I think. But you, I think it's just trial and error, isn't it? And it's the yes. other thing you've got is the taper. You're going to be in a completely different place. Oh, I know. You know, on mat, on the day compared to where you were when you were training and doing all those miles. So it's that's a whole different feeling as well. It's a really good point, and that's why I say kind of throw. If you are doing what I'm saying to do, look back over those runs, throw that twenty mile away because that's at the end of your marathon training block ish. Apart from your taper, that's probably your highest long run you're going to do. You can kind of throw it, not throw it away entirely, but it's gonna it's gonna be in a bit of an outliner in terms of your pace. I would look at that sort of, you know, the, the three or four weeks before that and see what the pace is, and then think back. Right, how hard was that? If you didn't write it down like Petra did, mm-hmm. um, and see how you feel in relation to that, because that gives you a gauge. Again, we're talking about maybe this is your first rodeo on Sunday, then you can take that information and take that knowledge and go, right, okay, I'm going I'm to start here and I'm going to see how I feel. And surely if the- you're doing your first, if you're doing your first marathon, it's almost particularly with, with an event at this, on the scale of the London marathon, surely you're going to go off too quick. No, Whatever. if you're a good boy or a good girl and you've listened to this podcast, every episode, which you can get on your favorite podcast provider, then you would listen back and you would hear me banging on about making sure you don't cock it up in the first three miles. Because if you do, you're going to feel it 
big time layer. Now, there is also the flip side to that of going actually too slow in the first three miles because if you're going for it, and then this really applies to the guys who are going for a time, I would say, if you're a little bit slack at the first three miles, you can actually start off negative because you've got to try and make up some pace somewhere. So your effort level increases. You're much better off starting well with well within where you need to be. So there is actually the other side of it being a little bit too slow. But trying to stay on topic of people who who are doing their first, then yes, we'll cope. But I'm hoping those guys, after listening to this, get a strategy for those first three miles. If we take the opposite approach to that as well, when you've mm. touched upon people starting too slow, and we've all, you know, we've done these, particularly these big London races, you know, when there's loads, whether it's not necessarily the marathon, sometimes, you know, if you're doing landmarks or a big calf or something like that, they can get very congested at the start mm. and it takes you a while to get into your, mm. to get going. And like, before you know it, you're aiming for your 909 first mile and you've done 950 or something because well, yeah, it's, so con- a curveball. It's, so, so it's so congested. Now, do you, should you compensate, should you allow for that? Now, I'm going to throw you an even worse curveball, right? And this is going to, this is going to freak everybody out. So I apologise for this. This is Toby's fault, fault, right? Email in, what's the email, Wilco? Longrunshow at gmail.com. Okay, right. So just a complaint about Toby, because this is his fault, right? But when you start off in London or a, let's say it's the Beijing uh, marathon or the Tokyo marathon, which you can now get your Japanese and Chinese 40 runs tops on the store. Good point there, be fair. Um, but the chances are your GPS is going to be proper screwed and you're and you are going to be in a dead zone because everybody, if you look on their wrist, has got a watch on. So the chances are the GPS is going to be absolutely up the swanny. So going out and relying on your watch might not necessarily be the best thing to do. Tobe and I did it at Landmarks, Tobe, didn't we? We we had to run to field the whole thing because we didn't have a clue what we were doing. And it's, it's it's that thing. Just have that in your mind, right? When you come out of the gates, you're absolutely right, Wilco. It's going to be crowded, congested, and you're going to have to find a rhythm. But your GPS is going to be screwed. So this is where I go back to what we're talking about, about running to field. I know Al's got a point. Al, what, what do you got? Yeah, you got a tip so- We've talked about kind of that congestion and certainly in London, those first three miles probably will slow you down because of just the volume of people. And and I think this depends in terms of whether you're in a race that has a rolling start as opposed to a race that has a a fixed wave. But I think human nature says, I need to get out of the way. I'm going to go to the front of the wave and try and kind of kick on. But you'll always have someone who thinks that and runs faster than you. You just get sucked and dragged and, you know, suddenly you're running too fast. One of the tactics I've learned is to sit back in the wave, wait until everyone else has gone, you know, until the marshals are virtually kicking you out, saying, look, we're about to start the next wave. Suddenly, you've got open space. Uh, and if you are trying to chase the pacer, you might have a little bit of extra work to do, but actually you'll find you'll be able to fit into your pace because you've got you've got open space. You've got the you've got the roadway that you haven't got if you're jostling and fighting for that few inches that everyone else thinks they need to to kind of get going. So instinctively you want to get to the front. No, get to the back. Hold back as long as you can. It will give you that opportunity to run to your pace. That's a good point. Really good tip. Really, really good tip. Have we had any um I've seen loads of stuff firing in on the comments thing. I think um, this is this is a good one from Martin McGrath. So on the subject of pacers, he says running with a pacer is the only way. Well, Petra, fill us in. I I've obviously done pacing and I I loved it. It was an amazing experience and it was lovely to be involved in. I've also run near pacers and it was just the worst thing ever. So you wouldn't get me personally, you wouldn't get me with a pacer. I think also the thing is there's this feeling that the pace is going to be bang on every mile and get in perfectly, but they're human. They're going to, you know, you just don't know on the day you might turn up to pace and you have a bad day. So you have to have faith in yourself. I think that you can get the time you want and not rely on that pacer. Um, Yeah. I think you can use, you can use a pacer without being in their back pocket. And we, we had a situation like this when we did the great North run the other week, I went with two lads 
who um, had limited sort of half experience. One had never done one before and was petrified about going off too mad and not getting the trip. So I said, right, we'll just go. Um, we'll do 10 minute miles. And we did it all together. And we got to about 10 and there was a two hour 10 pacer just in front, sort of like 50 yards in front of us. And I just said, we'll just keep an eye on them. Don't let them get too far. We'll just keep an eye on them and we'll get home. We'll see it home. Just run with them for about half an hour, but sit, stand back. Because we've all done it in races where you overtake a pacer and you think, oh, I'm going great. I've overtaken the 215. It's brilliant and all that. And then you're overtaking more and more people in front of you. And then you look behind and then the pacer is just behind you because they're, they're still running at the same pace. You're not making up the... That's another, that's another as much tip, as you do. Bro. I said, I, I'm like Petra. I, I think I've said it a million times. I, I love races. I think they do an amazing job. But I avoid them like COVID, right? So it, it, for well. me, I, I, there's too many people there, right? There's too many Tobys there with COVID. I've got, I've got to get away from it, right? But what I do, that, what I do, oh, what I have done in the past, again, COVID brain, apologise, is I try, if I will maybe keep a pacer behind me, so I, I, they're there to keep me honest. So if I'm ahead of that, them, right, I know that I'm, again, it depends where they start in the pack, but you'll have a rough idea where they are. I will keep them behind me. So because that fear of that COVID coming over and, and capturing me and taking me away from everyone just pushes me on. So that's another way instead of like, but Wilco, what you said is a good way, keeping it a certain distance so that you can keep an eye on them visually. But I like the heat behind me, knowing that that's coming through. And so, I'll tell you what, it's, it's not good when the pacer catches it. It's like you're being engulfed in some sort of Game get, of Thrones type yeah, battle scene or something. Yeah. It? Like they just all come, all these people, all of a sudden you just do this hubbub of noise. And then yeah, all the alpha like flies coming your people. way. I mean, the 445 pacer overtook me when I did Yorkshire, my first marathon, about two miles to go. And I, I was I was struggling a bit, and it just went. It just engulfed me. It was just like this huge wave of people, and right, somebody yeah. out the front going, "Come on, in, keep going, everybody!" Come on, you know, oh. full of the joys of spring, and all I'm like, motivated and sorry. stuff. And you're sitting there blowing oh, yeah. out your eyes, <laughs> <laughs> feeling sorry for yourself. But yeah, so there were. I, I think what we're saying is that we, um, you know, there are ways that you can use. You do not have to sit on the shoulder of the pacer to use the pacer to your advantage when you're. Doing your run, yeah. There's multiple. There's multiple different things you can do to to improve your experience in terms of helping you getting around whatever distance it is. We're talking about marathons today, but whatever distance it is, you know, whether it be park run, you someone, you know, you someone, you've got paces at park run. Whatever it is, paces do will help you. Um, and especially if you are a newbie and you're thinking, right. I've I've been doing these long runs and it it's roughly I've been roughly about that pace that that comes in at about five hour marathon. You know what? I'm going to start near matey boy over there and I'll see how I get on. That's mm. a great thing to have. Yeah, find that five hour marathon pacer in there. Just be aware it's going to be a bit busy, but ultimately, you know, you've got a guide there which will help you through. You know, potentially your your, your first marathon. And particularly, I mean, you don't have to use them for the whole thing. You can use them for the ah. first, for that key first yeah. three or four miles. Because if you're, if you're like the case that you've um, pointed out here, Chris, you know, if you've got a five mile pacer that you think you're saying, that pacer is going to be a very experienced runner and yeah. have and done a lot of, right, you know, they all run well within their capabilities. You know, that somebody who is doing a five hour pacer will be a sub four marathon runner. You know, they'll be, yeah. You know, they'll be well used and they'll have a great deal of experience yeah. for um, like not necessarily, you know, the way of doing it, the etiquette way, you know, of sort of like the best practice, mm-hmm. best sort of lines to take and things like that, you know, that will yeah. help you settle into it. Yeah, so I think, I think it could be a real benefit in the early stages. Yeah, I think it, you're absolutely on the money that they'll, they'll know they know because they've done a few. They would know when those rough hatches are coming. They will know when you're going to be getting tired. So, you know, they know what's going on. You say they're experienced, they're experienced runners. They're well within themselves and they're, and they're kicking on. Um, but it, it is a good tip. Whoever mentioned it in the, uh, in the comments, in the questions, uh, it's worth, it's worth giving them a shout out because it, 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 you know, if it is your first go and, and you don't know about running the field and you haven't got a clue about anything, then have a look at your long runs. 
figure it out, say, right, I've been at, running at, you know, five hour pace. I'm going to go and find the five hour marathon hmm. guy or girl um, to do it. Uh, Al, we've had some, let's, should we get the shoe questions out of the way? Cause we always get those. Yeah. Since I've been on, we've had a change of prime minister. We've got a new King, a new monarch. Interest rates are doubled, but see, people still want to know about shoes. Yes. So some things <laughs> haven't changed. I'm, no. I'm kind of happy to know that there'll always be a shoe question. It's the consistent of the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and it's always about Nike. Um, yeah. So Andrew oh. Valente wants to know your opinion about the Nike Incredible 2s. Sounds like a remake of uh, Incredible. Disney films. Incre- Does he mean Invincible? Probably then. He's asked uh, incredible, so perhaps he knows something you don't. That's- maybe it's a shoe I'm not aware of. I'll just give you a heads up, uh, listeners um, or viewers. I've just I've put together two videos on Nike shoes. Um, I would just say one of the thumbnails has got a gravestone on it. That's all I'm going to say about that. So if you're listening from Nike and you want to sponsor the pod, what's the email, Wilco? Longrunshow at gmail.com. Send it in, but you might only want to sponsor us up until about middle of October. Um, <laughs> and he, he has come back long. just to say, I think it is the Invincible, yes. Yeah, so, so the Invincible two. No, I've not tried them. I said it in a video that it's not sure I'm buying because the first, pers- first person, first first pair got me injured and put me out of action. Uh, I refused um, to wear the second pair. Everybody seems to like them. I won't risk it. So no, I'm not going to try them. I don't. Anybody on here's got anyone's gone? Tobe, you've got about eight pairs. You've not even unboxed. Petra, what are you running in at the moment? I've got the Saucony Pro Two and Speed Two. She got talked into admin by those. Hundred percent. She's on call. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wicked. Right. What was the next one? Well, perhaps we can bring Petra in on this one because Martin McGrath is looking at the Speed Twos versus the Speed Threes. Um, he wants to know where the best deals are, but I guess we should tell him whether go twos or threes first before he goes hunting out the deals. I'm still on the twos. I haven't gone up to the um, the threes just yet, but I suppose Chris is the best person for that. I think you love the threes, don't you? Yeah, for me, I mean, I give uh, Hayden's not here because he he loves them as well. So Hayden's probably a better shout. I mean, but yeah, I think they they they've improved it. It's more stable versus the other pair. They have more of a more of a daily shoe than than maybe previous versions. Um, speed two I'm for me. The threes, the pro what? threes, the pro threes. I'm quite enjoying. I've used them a few times. Oh, what the pro? Yeah, the pro yeah. threes. Are, uh, yeah, the pro threes. I've been I've been a bit naughty. I've been um, running them a bit too much because yeah. they're uh, they're quite nice actually. The pro threes. They're a lot different to the two. Yeah, they're they're, they're quite a nice shoe actually. But yeah, the, the speed threes. Are they more eighty of a daily quid? Train. Are they eighty more... quid better than the twos? Yeah, I would say so. But to answer the question, go to Start Fitness, get 10% off. You're welcome. Um, and you can grab them there. So see what I did there. But yeah, the uh, the uh, the speed the speed freeze I would recommend. They are, I appreciate they're, they're expensive. Um, I'll tell you what we've got coming out on Sunday. We've got the video, because I was wearing them, is the Decathlon 130 quid super shoe thing that they've come out with. I don't know if I've seen that. 1,000 kilometer claims of uh, and it's funny enough he's got the same um midsole compound uh allegedly is the speed uh speed the uh, yeah it's a road shoe it's like decathlons have come out with this carbon plated super shoe for the everyday runner allegedly all i would say to you is if you've got fillings you may need to see the dentist i'll leave it there right i'm not gonna say anymore videos out sunday i'll, I'll leave that I'll, I'll leave that up to you uh uh, Albus, did you say there's another one? Yeah, we've just had a question come in from Raphael Mazzarella. Um, they, they've got an issue that they have to wear custom orthotics, um, so they're looking for the widest carbon-plated trainer. Uh, looks like they've tried the Carbon X2 and Alpha Flies, and they're not really working with their insoles, their inserts. Try the Adios Pro 3. Try the Adios Pro 3. Is, is, if that don't work, then go for the Socony Pro 3, but Try the Adidas Adios Pro 3. It's a cracking shoe. Might even wear that at the dam. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Right, so let's get rid of that. Oh, so we've got... You know, we've so been we've, going 46 minutes. I know. We ain't said much. And we, we ain't really done much either. So what have you done? Um, 
I think I've, I've put a lot of value in. Al, have you noticed Toe's got, got a moody? Al, Al, have you noticed Toe's got a moody, moody studio now? He's blue lighting. I, he denied that he's got that. I did notice that while I've been away, everyone's upgraded to sexy studios, and I'm still. Have you noticed Toe's blue lighting? I have. It's very nice. Yeah, he's he's had he's had a, he's had someone around there decorating bits and bobs, adding a sort of let's say female. It's definitely touch had a woman's touch, touch in it. Yeah. Is that, what? No, not at all. Don't tell lies. So you can't tell lies. You're the only one telling lies, really, isn't it? <laughs> right, come on, Wilco. What's next? So what happened? I mean, we've touched upon pacing. Is obviously going to be a very mental, a big mental consideration that people are going to be thinking about when they're on the start line. And think what other, what other key things are there to think about, and what stuff is there that's going to be buzzing around your head that you could really do with knocking, you know. Well, I, I tell you what, I'll give you one last tip, and then I want to talk to Petra about something. Um, she looks worried now. Isn't it? Is what I what I say to you? What I'll give you this this advice is that's what I've been telling my clients today who are doing London, and that is actually I won't say exactly what I said to them, and those who are listening will know exactly what I'm talking about because it was some naughty words. But what I want you to do basically is by Sunday, this Sunday, if you're doing London Marathon, appreciate it again if you're maybe not doing London, um is to have all your plans in place, know exactly what time you're getting there, when you're getting there, when you're getting your number, how that that whole Saturday-Sunday week process is, what it looks like, your bag's packed, watch the video we've done on the channel about what to put in your race bag. Um, Have all that done by Sunday, right? That might seem a long way out. Do it by Sunday because then next week, you just take everything out of your brain other than, I'm just going to chill out, I'm going to relax, and I'm not going to worry about a damn thing. Because having all that other stuff in your brain will cause additional anxiety. You'll be burning energy thinking about it. There might even be some negative thoughts coming in, and negative thoughts are never good because they they burn more energy. So you've got until Sunday, people, to get your organised and get yourself sorted. And then next week, all you then want to do is just chill out. Right, yeah, so there's a train strike. Have your plans in place by Sunday about how you're going to get there. Get all that into place by Sunday. And then from Monday, all you're focused on is looking after yourself, going to bed early, hydrating, eating well, chilling out, doing a little bit of running, but nothing too mental, and just getting just being there on the start line. That's all you want to think about after Sunday. So you've all got a job to do. Get by Sunday. Email in. What's the email, Wilco? Longrunshow at gmail.com. And let us know. We want to know if you're doing London that you've done, as I've told you, on Sunday. You've done everything I've told you to do. And then you can just basically chill out and mm. think about what you're going to eat after the race. That's all and don't be do. scared of delegating. Don't let people lump problems on you sort of like, oh, how are we going to get there? How are we going to be able to see you? And all this sort of thing. Up to now. They can sort all that out. You've got 26.2 no. miles to run. Be just selfish. Straight on that. Be selfish, but seriously, serious point. Get all your get your head straight about what you're going to do, how you're going to get there, train strikes, all that sort of stuff. By Sunday, mm. write it down on a piece of paper, on a pad, put it somewhere, whatever, on your phone, whatever you need to do. Email Toby, tell Toby what you're doing, whatever, whatever works for you. Just get it done. So then on Monday you wake up, and that week is just focused on resting, hydrating, eating well. That's it. Okay, now. Moving on, Wilco. We wanted to grill Petra, didn't we, a little bit, because she's stepping up. Yeah. Do you want to take over? What, Petra? Is Petra taking over? Yeah, basically, yeah. Admin in training. So, Petra, you've had a little bit of a break from running. So you've been investigating, um, embarking upon uh, doing a bit of coaching and stuff like that. So I was just wondering uh, what you've been up to and um, how that all came about, really. Yeah, so I've been doing my leadership in running um, course, so the LERF course. Um, so, I, yeah, I've done all the kind of online stuff that you do. I've done a Zoom classroom. And then um, I've been lucky enough to go to Broxbourne a couple of times for the ladies and the Wednesday nights to kind of observe and see what the guys over there do. And then, yeah, Chris has let me loose a couple of times to kind of do the maybe explain what we're doing in the session or the stretching, stuff like that, just to get me. Kind of is this something that you've always looked to get, you know, since you've been, you know, you've done a, 
Petra does a lot. So, you know, not only is she a top, you know, she's a good runner and everything, but she does um, lots of, um, she's been a run director at Park Run, pacing. She's running a dog costume around the <laughs> London landmarks. But, yeah, no, but she's, you do, your, your involvement, you know, you've been running for a certain amount of time, but your, your involvement in actual running and the organisation of it is just sort of like, it's snowballed, isn't it, over the last few years? You've done virtually, you know, a bit of everything. So is this something that you always thought you'd, you know, you'd move into or is it something that's sort of like just naturally evolved? No, if you'd asked me a year ago, they wouldn't, I wouldn't have done half the stuff that I'm doing at the moment. Cause I just, I didn't have the confidence to do it and I wasn't confident in myself and I, you know, I would have just, it wouldn't have happened really. And I think over the last year, my confidence has grown. And I think because I'm a more confident runner, it's kind of grown from there really. And yeah. And I love I love running. And if I can help somebody else, if I only help one person get into it and love it like I do, then I think that will be worthwhile. I'm good. Am I allowed to step in, Wilco? Because I'm going to blow a bit of smoke. In, uh, I have to say, firstly, she's a natural at it, right? Seeing her, Toby, you'll agree. She's, she is yeah. a natural at it, right? She's got a lot of experience, which which helps, you know, part run director, things like that, done multiple of, she's even run an, an ultra and then had an ice cream, if I remember rightly. Um, but no, seriously, it's a natural at it and it is a natural progression. And don't, I think Petra's a great advertisement for it because don't be put off by giving back because you think, oh, the coaching's, you know, that run leadership thing is, is going to take a lot, a lot of time. I've got to, you know, do test this and that. It's all about it's all about confidence. It's all about understanding the runners, knowing about the health and safety aspect of it, and being confident and sharing some of that knowledge that you've got mm. and giving back to others. It's not it's not a daunting process. And if you can give back to to runners, don't be don't be scared to do it. Um, I would say it's especially within the club environment, club network. Uh, we're lucky that Fully runs the club. The club supports if you want to go and do like lurfing or coaching or whatever you want. The, the, the um the club will support you and we want lurfs and we want coaches um to be able to you know just add value to to our runners who who want it or if maybe they want to set up a satellite club you know and get runners together on a social level um or if they want to you know do some coaching or whatever you know but they've got you obviously got to get the badges and stuff but if you can help others like petra just said by doing a course here and there and, and you know it you're just giving back and I think it's it's so powerful to see what people like Petra are doing and bringing to runners um, that might you know again we're a little bit different at 40 runs the way we do stuff with our coaching Um, and now you know we're a much more inclusive club than many these traditional clubs where you get told you're too slow and you've got to run with the kids or the B team and all this sort of nonsense you're one of those really clicky clubs where you it's just you know it breaks my heart to see people leaving them um so to be able to have people like petra coming through and and imparting not necessarily also the knowledge but also the ethos of what we stand for the everyday runner and being inclusive doesn't matter whether you're going to be running your first london it's going to take you eight and a half hours on sunday or you're going to be smashing out two hours 30 minutes everybody's everybody's welcome and all the sessions that we do do are inclusive of those so to it's just it's just amazing and i think petra is is a great advert along with Others in the club who have got their qualifications, um, Hayden, Al, Toby, you know, Admin, obviously, and everybody else who, who's done that. You know, it's a good advertisement for what for what you can do and give back to others. Really, really Petra, if people are thinking they're doing it, how much of a commitment has it been on your part to do this sort of stuff? Do you know, it wasn't that bad to be honest. You kind of you do a bit of online stuff so that you might. I think there's four modules which might take you about four hours. Um, and then my Zoom classroom was an hour and a half and they were really, you could do that at the weekend or I think they do a couple in the day. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad. And once you've signed up, you kind of do it in your own time. So you can fit it in, in the so evening. It's, pretty, it's a pretty flexible thing then. Yeah. And then you just need to do your practical, which is literally 10 minutes, essentially, because you've just got to show that you can do a warm up and a session. So you just do five minutes of each. So, yeah, it's it's not actually that time consuming it all in all but so it is you, you know you can fit it in and I then soon fun. you'll be qualified to uh stand on heart and common on a tuesday night in a dry in, in a dry ride as well i think when you go to do it 
you realize how much we actually know it's not stuff that you don't know and it I think that helps instill a lot of confidence as well. Going, I actually know this, but now I can pass it on, um, which I think really it, it can seem a bit daunting at the beginning. I think going, am I going to go there, follow load people that are much better than me, I can run faster and do this? But it's, it's nothing to do that at all. It's about the knowledge you picked up in the back of your mind, and then you can just help, you know, other runners who, you know, are in the position you were two, three years ago. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great thing. It's an awesome thing. Um... And yeah, as you say, just just helping others, just being as simple as as going to a social run, organising a social run, but you're insured for those people who are going out because of the England Athletics framework in which we operate. You know, if you've got a leader who's registered with us, then when you go out as a group, you've got insurance there. Sounds funny, but, you know, that sort of stuff, you know, and they've, Mm. they've done the health and safety. They know what to be looking for, what, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't be looking for to keep everybody safe, especially, you know, with the way, the world is, but also now it's getting darker and things like that. It's, it's something to think about. So I think it's awesome. So if you're, I tell you what, if you're interested in becoming a run leader um, and you, well, you could, firstly, you should join the 40 runs running club. We're in an England athletics affiliated club. I appreciate if you're living in Mongolia or Peru or Hungary, where we're massive, this won't necessarily, but you can still be a member. You can be a free member. Cause listen, this, I had uh, someone, one of the um, listeners, he lives in Australia and he emailed him cause he wanted to become a club member. And he was like, but I don't live in England. How, how can I? I want to be a club. I want to be part of the team, which was amazing, right? So he's got himself his shirt. And I told him to set up a satellite group. Crack on. Um, oh, how cool would that be? My point is, if you are in the UK and you and you want to be part of the club, we, we, you know, we don't charge anything. The money that we charge goes straight to England Athletics for them to do absolutely nothing with because um, they don't invest in, in anything, you know, other than what they want to invest in. Bit of a dig there, Tobe. Um but the uh, the point is, is you can do it. So get involved. Email in, right? So this is the club, and this is the only email address I know, and there is a reason for this. It's 40runs at hotmail.com. The reason I know that email address is because when people email me and ask me about stuff, I just say, no, email this. It's the only one I know because basically I haven't got a clue about what they're asking. But if you're interested in becoming a run leader, or maybe you've done a run leader, and you're sitting there and you've not done anything with it and you want to go to the next level coaching, you know, we can help support you through that process. So get in touch with us at the club and we'd, we'd love to just get more runners involved, you know, in running, you know, and that, that's the key for us at 40 Runs is to get everybody together, more runners together, but of all abilities, having fun. That's our ethos. We're not here, you know, taking ourselves, as you know by now, very seriously. Um, yeah. So that's it. That's probably a good way to end the show. I'm cu- I'm done. I'm exhausted, by the way. We've done an hour. Yeah, I'm done. I'm spent. Right then. Okay, <laughs> well, I'll wind things up then. Thank you Please. very much, Petra. Al's been back. Thanks ever so much for coming, mate. It's lovely. Yeah, good to have you back. Um, if, you've, um, if you've missed us on YouTube or Facebook, don't worry. You can catch up with us. On your podcaster provider of choice, it should be up soon on either um, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, all the big boys. We're all on there. Thank you very much for joining us again. We are back next week and back every week at 7 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. Um, Please join us again. And uh, we shall see you next week. So, titles. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.